Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How you doing, Brian? I'm all right. It's, it's May Day. Uh, yes. <laughs> In a scant... F- well, in a scant 14 days, we'll be set free, but actually in a scant, I don't know, I'd say three to four days, we're going to be told it's going to go on longer. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Oh, I do. There's no way in hell California <laughs> is opening up by May 15th. He's, uh, we've we've had outlined steps to what it'll take to get there, and we ain't even close. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, I, like, it, it's funny. Every morning I go out and I walk the dogs, you know, as I got to, but it is straight out of Shaun of the Dead out there now. <laughs> People in pajamas, bathrobes, you know, they come out of their house yawning and they just look like zombies coming to get you because they're like squinting when there's actual sunlight. It's just like, what the hell's going on out here? And I just, it dawned on me. Everybody in my neighborhood is hungover every day. <laughs> yeah, I see a bit of that here, too. Santa Monica is a bit, um, you know, there's a lot of people that care about their fitness here and all that sort of stuff. So I, I see two versions of people. I do not see anybody dressed normally. People are either wearing their active wear and they're out for jogs or runs or whatever, or they are in their robes or pajamas. Yeah. There's yeah, no in between. <laughs> yeah, I see the active wear people in the afternoon, but in the morning, it's always the PJs and the robes and and all that. <laughs> and I've also found a new trend. I'm, I'm going to call this the quarantine walk of shame. Mm-hmm. So where I live, all of our recycling bins and garbage cans are on the outside of the building. So you have to walk outside and mm-hmm. take your garbage out and take your recycling out. Well, I see people all over my neighborhood when they come out to take their recycling out, they try and put their cans and their bottles in their bin as quietly as possible so they don't let the neighbors know how much they had to drink the night before. I see it on every street when I'm out for a walk. It is hilarious. You know, I mean, walk of shame used to be you, you walk to your car or across the, the, you know, the quad at college wearing the same clothes because you had a good night of debauchery. But now that's like, you know, you're not, you're not getting any. You're just sitting there watching Netflix till three in the morning, sucking back as much booze as you can get. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, I've made a decision, Jason, even though uh, we all know that uh, quarantine here won't be ending anytime soon. Uh, to hell with those libtards. I need a haircut. <laughs> what are you going to do? Where are you uh, going to go? We're actually going to pack up and go see my mom this weekend for a, a day and uh, try to schedule out maybe doing two or three days down there moving forward for the week. We'd held off for a long time. Obviously, we wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, have anything because we had had exposure at the very beginning and wanted to make sure that my mom didn't have anything. And it's been well over a month now since my mom has left her house. Uh, it's been seven weeks since we've left left our house here. And uh, I, I, we, she is actually, she used to be a hairdresser. So we are all going to get haircuts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was, quite I was literally. Where the, the tie-in was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get haircuts. We're going to go hang out with my mom. I, I don't think it's been very healthy that my kid has only had my wife and myself as, as anybody to see in person. He's going to make cookies with her. She's got a big house, a big yard. He's actually going to have some room to run around. So, so we have, uh, we are corn budding, buddying with my, with my mom. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, going to start doing that moving forward. So it's all about finding the schedule because I really don't want to like lug down all the podcasting stuff and all that. So we'll be uh, back and forth and we'll actually get a chance to work uh, a little bit because I've still got two weeks on the clock before I'm furloughed and I've got stuff I need to do. And I don't know about you, but this week was just 
rough for whatever reason. It was, it was hard to get anything done. So some time with somebody else to take care of the little one will be very useful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny this week, this week, the first part of this week was tough. And I think, I think we've been stuck at this Lagrange point between sanity and insanity mm-hmm. for, for long enough where people are like, you're either going to go to one side or the other. And I just, I just put on the afterburners. I like cleaned up. I'm I, no more drinking except for like, you know, like two, maybe two glasses of wine at night, believe it or not. Yes. Sleeping better and getting shit done. I, I've started a new company already in the past four days and, uh, it's like, okay, you know what? Let's just, I, I, I'm tired of being numb and dumb on the other side of this. Let's just, it's time to kick things into gear because when this thing is over, I want to be firing on all cylinders. I'm just, I'm I'm actually just kind of bored of sitting around watching TV doing nothing. (laughs) Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not hitting all the afterburners yet. My, my idea for the afterburners is going to be as soon as we actually have a realistic date that I believe that we'll be leaving. I figure I've got a two to three week ramp up period at that point. So (laughs) yeah. Plus I don't have all that much to ramp up to because, uh, as a you know, the furlough will be happening for me, and and the company will not be bringing me back around until there's a realistic date for concerts. So I will my ramp up point will be thank God the kid might be going back to school. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just put my thinking cap on and came up with new ideas. So that's what okay. I'm going for. Well, we actually have a t- we have a term for this thing that we've been feeling. Allostatic load is the psychological reason for our pandemic brain fog. Our entire episode last episode was about our pandemic brain fog. So I really like this article over at Vice. Uh, The author says, my days have been reduced to the bare minimum. I work in drips and chunks of time, keeping my energy up with M&Ms and frequent YouTube breaks. I scrounge together leftovers for lunch, creating what I ambitiously call grazing plates. In reality, it's a pear hacked into pieces and four olives piled on a handful of dry cinnamon toast crunch. That sounds delicious. Sounds disgusting. (laughs) I have done yoga twice and I felt undeniably smug about it. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, we're all kind of just in this thing and uh, it it has a term. And uh, Nancy Sin, assistant professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia, says that in stressful situations like this, there are physiological responses in our bodies. Our stress hormones increase. We prepare to fight or flee. And we have all these psychological adaptations. And each time we feel stretched, stressed each time we feel worried and over time these repeated hits can accumulate and that accumulation is called allostatic load which is the damage on our bodies when they're repeatedly exposed to stress and that's what most of us are hitting right now not everybody some people are definitely thriving in this but Mm -hmm. it's definitely me (laughs) (laughs) we've we've made a conscious decision here in the house to turn off all TV during the day. We turn on music. We've got, you know, our Sonos playing very Zen playlist uh, and just stay away from it. You know, we watch no news now, nothing, just kind of get it out of the head. But I have to say, instead of this very sciencey brain heavy allostatic load mm-hmm. article that you have over at Vice, I recommend the hardtimes.net. <laughs> the dumbed down version. <laughs> Too much inside, bad? Brain all dumb now. Me think brain no work, good no more. <laughs> It's a very, it's it's basically the same article, but much better. <laughs> <laughs> and I got two little bits of follow up here. I talked about a couple, um, or not not a couple, just one restaurant in my neighborhood, the Gasolina Cafe that I was using to buy meals for uh, frontline workers. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, turns out there are a couple other places out there. Uh, my local has joined the uh, a 
it's basically kind of a it's kind of a grassroots movement, I guess they're calling it. It's called Off the Plate or Off Their Plate. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where restaurants can come and people can just donate directly to that. And then it gets spread out to the different restaurants. So they're buying meals. They're um, funding for uh, laid off restaurant workers. And uh, the other one is called the Restaurant Employment Relief or Restaurant Employee Relief Fund. Yeah, this but, is uh, the one that uh, Guy Fieri is always talking about. And I, most of the Food Network is behind, I think. Yep, yep. This yeah. is uh this is the guy one, and uh, they've both raised you know a lot of money. So uh, check those out. The links will be in the show notes to those. But it's cool to see uh, the people come together on those. Now, fucking Lumi. Now, <laughs> if you've listened to this show for you know a while now, you know that last what was it July, <laughs> I. I fired up the old Kickstarter and I, I signed up for the Lumi keyboard, which is like basically playing, you know, guitar hero and rock band for piano. Yes, uh, I wanted to bring back our Kickstarter in the balls segment just for this, for your updates yeah. on this. Kickstarter in the balls. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that I might get there. The, the shipments might actually be completed by May 13th. Yes, that's right. May 13th. Just in time to theoretically be out of uh, quarantine. (laughs) Exactly. The one thing that I really, really wanted to do while we were locked down was, was, you know, jam out with my Lumi. But no, no, it's sadly not to be. It will come, you know, basically Uh the day after quarantine Mm -hmm. is lifted. (laughs) We'll see. Or the next quarantine for the fall. (laughs) But we have to go back into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And we talked about AI, how it can't be patented or uh, trademarked or anything like that in Europe. Well, turns out that uh, inventions by AI will not be recognized here in the United States either. So That's okay, to- since we don't actually have any AI. It is people. Yeah. It is people. <laughs> in the news. Got a little hyper local news, but Santa Monica is where all these stupid scooters started anyway. So what happens here will probably follow along everywhere else. Lime has left Santa Monica permanently while a couple other scooter companies continue operation, but as not really continuing operations because they're scaled way back. And as you pointed out, Jason, when this was first hitting, uh, what what a disease vector these scooters would be. So yep. Yep. Bird it's flu. actually a very good idea that they aren't. So as we've hit the sixth week. Actually, this must be old because we're definitely in the seventh week, at least for some of us now. Uh, We have three types of scooters and two types of bikes left for essential trips here. People who need to work at or visit essential businesses can risk their lives by still finding lift, bird, and jump scooters and jump and breeze bikes throughout the city. But Lime, the fourth private company that was authorized to operate here in Santa Monica, stopped deploying scooters in mid-March. They pulled scooters from two dozen countries, including the United States. So it has happened everywhere for Lime. They are effectively done with that business, and they will officially halt here in Santa Monica as of April first. So, so that was a that's yeah, that's a little bit a long ago. time ago. Yep. <laughs> so, just saw this weekend stale news. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but in new news, uh, Lyft has ended their operations in Oakland, Austin, and San Jose. So. Alrighty. So these things are dead. Yeah, scooters, uh, not so good in uh, in a pandemic, it seems. No, not so much. I'm sure they'll come back just like cockroaches. The scooters and cockroaches will be the only thing to survive the pandemic. Exactly. Cockroaches on scooters. Too bad we already have a show title. Because that would be some (laughs) fun show art. Uh, And in other more local news, but again, this applies everywhere, including on a federal level, I would say. uh, The Venice Neighborhood Council does not follow rules, so why should we? 
So this was written by an avid surfer, and many of the people that choose to live in Venice and Santa Monica are surfers. That's why they pay high rents for small places, because the beach is right there. However, that being said, Alex Gukovsky and Venice Neighborhood Council President Ira Kaslov need to both resign and be held accountable immediately after they were spotted surfing amid closures. Yes, the entire beaches have been shut down here, which has been annoying to me, because that's why we pay the high property taxes and everything so we can go use the beaches but i understand why beaches were shut down we we had them open one weekend a long time ago and a gazillion people came down we've had beaches north of us as a friend of the show christopher lockhead knows and south of us that have stayed open and people are not social distancing they cannot stay away so we shut them down here but apparently if you're in the local governments fuck that shit i'm gonna go surfing anyways and you hey, know man that's that's the thing. It's it's when you see your elected leaders and and people like that breaking the rules. Why should I? Yeah, I understand that. So people are kind of pissed off here. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. And phone data is showing that Americans are moving around more despite all the social distancing orders. So we're more than a month in everybody doing this. And the median distance that Americans travel each day has begun to tick up in the past couple of weeks, well before the states have officially begun to reopen their businesses and public spaces, which is stupid and not helpful to the rest of us. But yeah, people are getting a bit antsy. People are moving around more. The 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 uh, average miles that people are moving is just ticking up more and more week by week. So people are getting a little antsy and pissed off. But now, you know, to be fair, that doesn't mean they aren't moving about safely. They're just moving. This is the only data we have. We don't know what they're doing, where they're going, if they're just doing like what you know, I did the other weekend, which is drive further than I've driven any week because I just wanted to get out and go see things, but we didn't even leave the car. So that would account. I, my data accounts for more movement, but it was very safe movement. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably on that list too, because I went out for a drive and I'm like, oh, this is nice. And I drove around my neighborhood for a little bit, got the juices flowing in the car. And then I went back home <laughs> and stayed there. <laughs> so I put no one in danger. Exactly. And, uh, it was just nice to see well, it was really interesting because it was uh, basically ev- on every block was a cop just waiting to catch people speeding. I- I'm sure the city is making so much extra money right now because there are just cops everywhere just salivating to give you a speeding ticket. So, yeah, I've got to be super careful about that this weekend when I do go see my mom because it's a, it, it, with traffic, it was always about a 45 minute drive um and but i would be able to go in the carpool lane and i would drive rather fast and there will be no traffic on the freeway and the temptation especially in in the car where i don't really feel the speed to drive very quickly will be high (laughs) so i'm gonna have to monitor that really carefully when i make that drive because the last thing i want is to break my social isolation by having a cop three inches from my face yep i don't (laughs) think he i don't think he gives you a ticket on a stick (laughs) (laughs) probably not And I saw this really article, really interesting article over on the Atlantic. Friends are breaking up over social distancing. So this is like, uh, I, and I understand this. I'm in this situation right now because I know people, you know, not everybody is doing social distancing or has been doing social distancing. We know people are still having parties. We know people are going to the beach if they can. We know people are going to protests. Well, we don't know anybody that's going to protest because we don't know any of those idiots so (laughs) we're old yeah and and people are you know bending the rules in a lot of interesting ways that they self-justify and uh it's it's hard if you are following all the rules and you know people and people you know and love and good friends and they're bending the rules and you get 
pissed off about that. So friendships are ending, particularly amongst some younger people. I thought uh, some of the stories in this article were really interesting, like this uh, this guy Joey Amaya, who basically was on a group text group chat of about ten people, and they were invited to go play soccer, and that's uh, that's definitely not social distancing at all so and his grandmother had been hop- hospitalized and he wrote into this chat like what are you people doing and basically he just wasn't invited anymore and they continued doing what they were going to do nice yeah it's kind of I, I predicted this at the beginning of this whole thing i'm like people are going to remember what you do here and expect retaliation for when people you know people who lose people get pissed off when you break the rules yes yeah. yeah okay uh, <laughs> elon musk what the hell? Yeah, I don't – you know, <laughs> if somebody would have told me two weeks ago that I would be 100% on board with Mark Zuckerberg and pissed off at Elon Musk, I would have <laughs> – because Zuckerberg has come out all in on on the social distancing. He thinks it's super important and we need to do it. And Elon Musk continued his trend of ridiculously fucking stupid tweets. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he has been stuck at home too much and he's got whatever brain. I think he got a bad is, batch got of weed delivery. That's what I think. Could be. Somebody peed in his – Somebody peed in his pot because, yeah, this whole, uh, hey, let's set the U.S. free and, uh, you know, it's uh, all of these stay in place orders are fascist. And he, I mean, the hits just keep on coming. This was only one article called What the Fuck? Elon Musk calls for coronavirus. Wait, called What the Fuck? Elon Musk calls coronavirus shelter in place orders fascist. And this was over at BuzzFeed News, which also still, if <laughs> I feel like we do live in an alternate universe. Yes. And it is the Berenstein Bears, not the Berenstain Bears, damn it. I agree. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's I. We just didn't have more on of the week, so but I had to put it in here somewhere. But uh, yeah, just because somebody's good at one thing doesn't mean they're good at everything. So Elon, no. go make some cars, and uh, well, that, get to that's Mars. why he's really pushing for this because he's been pushing to be able to op- open up, you know, all of his factories and all of his different companies and have all of his employees come back to work since day one. So that's that's the real reason behind that. That and either drunk or too stoned. So yeah, I'm going with drunken stoned. I think you know, so. It's a it's the velvet hamber. It's the combination of drugs that really push you over the edge. Yeah. What what's the uh oh what is it? Uh, Occam's razor. It's it's the Occam's razor of of the pandemic. It's like the, <laughs> the, the simplest explanation, which is usually drunken stoned, is generally the correct one. Yes. And of course, we have to mention this because this show will be coming out on May 2nd and our next show won't be until after May the 4th, which has become a thing, a Star Wars thing online, you know, obviously with you. Yes, exactly. So uh, Disney did something a little interesting that got a bit of attention online this week. Uh, First, they sent out a tweet uh, talking about, you know, hey, May the 4th is coming. Obviously, they're celebrating it by releasing Rise of Skywalker, the last crappy movie on Disney Plus. But they want people to share their their experiences with Star Wars using the May the 4th hashtag. All fine and well until the follow up tweet was made. (laughs) <laughs> so, yes, by sharing your message with us using hashtag May the 4th, you agree to use to our use of the message in your account name and all media and our terms of use here. And then straight to their Disney terms of use, which has tons of legalese basically stating, you know, if you use this hashtag, we own your tweet and can do whatever we want with it. That did not strike people very well online. I so, wonder why. <laughs> the Internet does what it does. And it exploded in anger and derision, and somewhat rightfully so, but the reality of this is just over-lawyering. 
It's really not that hard to understand this. They want to be able to use users' tweets and names and whatnot in promotional media. And in order to do so, they need legal permission because of the overwhelming number they're going to get. This is easier than trying to reach out to individual people that they want to use. So basically, it's just lazy and stupid. And the equivalent, if you live here in L.A., you're aware of this, is the equivalent of being in any area where there is a film or TV shoot taking place in public. And they just put up a sign saying, you agree to be filmed, blah, 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 instead mm -hmm. of having people walking around and making everybody sign individual releases. So this is the digital version of that, I suppose. Uh, on the flip side or the dark side, if you'd will, uh, I'd be willing to bet if Disney hadn't put out that notice and some people's tweets were used without quote, quote, permission, then some people probably would have sued them. You can't use my tweets or advertise in advertisements or promotions without compensating me, Disney. Uh, yes, this happens every day in some way, but it's usually in a news context when people's tweets are used. So that doesn't require permission. But if Disney does it, of course, people and lawyers smell money. So I understand why they did it. Yes, it was stupid. Obviously, it's getting the pushback, but it makes sense. Now, this is what we talk about all the time in the show. The laws have not kept up with the technology, so maybe we need some of that. Maybe some fair use when intellectual properties are referred to via hashtags, etc. But in no way, shape, or form was Disney trying to own the hashtag. They were just trying to cover their asses because they're doing a promotion. Well, I mean, if Disney would RTFM, even though I know there's no M's anymore, but uh, <laughs> there is a mechanism that they could have used. It's called retweet with comment, which is totally legal. They could have put an, adver put an advertisement on the top, and it is fine to retweet somebody's tweet. Yes, That's but they're going to do this across the board advertising. I I'm imagining we're going to see you know, com actual commercials on NBC and things of that nature. That They want to use this stuff everywhere, which is why they put the blanket thing out there. Yeah, they should just reach out to the people that they're going to use because it can't be that many if they're putting them in commercials yeah, and things I like agree. that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But they yeah. did what they do. Like I said, over-lawyering. Yeah, because I mean, I even on the new stuff, I've had news channels reach out to me when they want to use my tweet and ask if they can use my tweet and my photo on my tweet. And I usually just say, yes, sure, go for it. Give me credit. That's fine. And most people would probably do that. It takes five seconds for them to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to cut them some slack. Because now you can buy Baby Yoda face masks. But why would you want one of those when you can get a lovely Grumpy Old Geeks one? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, you should get the Grumpy Old Geeks one. But Disney has introduced uh, a bunch of cloth face masks. And uh, they're donating one million face masks for children and families in underserved and vulnerable communities across the U.S., including California and Florida, which is where most of the people that they laid off now live. <laughs> so you don't get a paycheck. You get furloughed and you get a mask. Yep. You get a mask. You get a mask. You get a mask. Oh, man. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, you can get uh, get your favorite Disney characters, Marvel characters, whatever you like, Star mm -hmm. Wars characters. Some of them are cute. The the Baby Yoda one actually is pretty ugly. I did not care for it. It took me a minute to figure out that it was Baby Yoda. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with the Darth Vader one. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factor's got you covered. 
And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need, whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private Internet Access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, Private Internet Access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one Private Internet Access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Ups and doodads. So I found a couple new apps this week. Uh, they're all for my kid. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that have kids that keep asking about this stuff. So I, anytime I find anything like this, I want to throw it out there. Uh, there are these kids books by Julia Donaldson and illustrated by Axel Scheffler. Uh, Room on the Broom and The Gruffalo. And uh, there's uh, The Gruffalo's Daughter as well. They're, they're great books for kids. Um, but they've gone all in. Like She's gotten this amazing website, roomonthebroom.com, for, for all this stuff. There's videos and, and everything like that. But there are also some apps with some games. Uh, Room on the Broom has some and The Gruffalo as well. So we have links in the show notes. Um, I would suggest reading the books with the kids first. And then you might get a few minutes piece by getting these uh, games downloaded for you. And uh, they're a lot of fun. Some of them are a little bit over the age range that my kid is in, but he'll grow into them. And some of them work just fine for three-year-olds. So something to check out for you exhausted parents out there. And I've got some news from Spotify, and I thought uh, Jason would have some commentary on this. Spotify's catalog tops a million podcasts. Consumption increased by triple digits over last year. So they are booming with their podcast business, apparently, either despite or because of 
COVID-19. We don't really know. The company says it now has grown its podcast catalog to more than a million shows, up from 700,000-plus podcasts it was reporting just in March. And a lot of these shows are new ones coming out of their own little uh, podcasting creation system, whatever the hell that was called. I don't even remember. Oh, Anchor Podcast Creation Platform. And uh, they say podcast consumption was up by triple digits compared with the same quarter last year. Well, that was Q1 <laughs> at the very beginning of it. I, I don't know, man. I don't believe it. I don't believe the the listening is up. I know people in the industry and I know the real numbers that people are seeing. And that just doesn't track with anything that anybody is saying. And the, you know, the million shows, if all they got to do is scrape iTunes and they get the million shows, it's not like everybody's rushing to go to Spotify first, you know? Um, And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, should we still be on Spotify? I need to do some more tests with them to find out if they're doing full pass-throughs, which they say they're doing. So the shows that we make actually get to the listener and not something that they used to do, like they would take it, like keep one copy of it and then give it to everybody else and we don't get to track. But we'll see how this goes. But, you know, I just, I Spotify for podcasting, the the interface is just terrible. I mean, Spotify's interface in general is not very good. So no, I, I really for podcasting is worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. The podcast interface is, is wretched there. And yeah, I'm not entirely sure I believe that people are listening to more podcasts right now. I mean, our numbers have remarkably stayed pretty stable, but uh, most people's aren't. Well, I mean, no, I mean, our, we're down 25% at least. So that's the stable that we've been yeah. is down 25%. <laughs> so, and from everybody I talked to, they're in about the same boat. But uh, I put this one in here for you because it's pretty cool. This is, It's a TIE Fighter fire pit that this guy made in uh, the UK, Simon Gould. And uh, he makes just kind of crazy stuff out of crazy other stuff. And it just looks like a really cool fire pit. And I like that it. That one does look cool. <laughs> I wonder if he's the same guy that made the one with the Death Star because we had had that one on the show quite a while back. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it on his on his site, but uh, I would guess it might be him too. But uh, I mean, how many can... people are out there making Star Wars fire pits? Well, or, I don't maybe, know. maybe that maybe the guy that uh, did the Death Star one has been sued into uh, non-existence by Disney's lawyers. All right. right. So Simon, Simon Gould will be next on the list. Yes. So but you can you can hit him up on the website if you want to want to make one. I'm guessing shipping from the UK to the US probably would probably be pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw this one and I just I'm, it's a head scratcher and I, I kind of wanted to get this Lenovo's new ThinkPad keyboard is the best way to get the infamous nub. I remember Lenovo ThinkPads back when they were IBM ThinkPads mm-hmm. and I loved those laptops. They were tanks. I hate the nub though. I hate it. I got used to it, man. I finally <laughs> got used to it and then I never had one again. Yeah. So, oh man, but I just I loved the feel. I loved the keyboard on the Lenovo's. I just loved everything about them. You know, nowadays they wouldn't hold up, you know, a candle to anything we've got. But uh, the the keyboard looked like it would be a good keyboard. It was only 99 bucks and it's Bluetooth. But here's the actual what the fuck moment. You <laughs> go to the site to buy it and it says works for PC or Android devices. Right. I'm like, it's it's a Bluetooth keyboard. Why will it not work on anything that has Bluetooth? You know? <laughs> I don't quite understand that. Why wouldn't they want to sell as many keyboards as possible? Why would you put that caveat in there? And do they put something in to block it working with like a Mac or an iPad or something like that? Because I don't know. I would get one if I'm not going to take one for the team. (laughs) No, I'm not going to try that out. Times are tough, man. I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on a keyboard that won't work. So, but I did spend $150 (laughs) on the Elgato Stream Deck. And because I'm I'm setting up all the streaming stuff here, 
And uh, a friend of the show, Seth Miranda, talked me into getting this one. And it's basically a little keyboard that's uh, like macros with Mm -hmm. uh, LCD screens in the keys that you can program. And it is the coolest little thing I've ever seen. I've got it. I started programming it last night. And you can set it up for like uh, folders of actions, but tons of different actions that compound. And you can just, you know, press it to open up websites, do things like that, because it's meant to really work with um, OBS, the uh, open broadcast software stuff that most everybody uses for their streaming and Twitch games and things like that. Right. But it is cool. It just reminds me of. You know, just have well. I have a shuttle that's programmable like that too. Anything that I can program that has macros in it, so I don't have to press things more than once, <laughs> I'm down. But you can customize all of the LCD keys. So I've got one that has like you know uh, one of the grumpy old geeks' faces on it. I press that, and it opens up all the short links that I need to go somewhere. Right. It's like boom, boom, go anywhere I want to. It's so nice, and it's just it's neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Uh, you know, if I had the desk space and a, and a set office at the moment, I would get something like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes and a link to go check one out if you want. Um, because out of everything that you can buy right now, which isn't backordered, this thing I got right away because they still have some in stock. Excellent. Everything is out of stock right now. You cannot buy a podcast mic, you know, switchers, cameras, everything is sold out. So there's lots of podcasters out there now. Well, hell, there's over a million. <laughs> Brian, have you seen 1843 Magazine from The Economist? I have not. It is a great long read magazine. Excellent. Yes. uh, And I found this article called The Death of the Office. And, you know, it's it's, it's a very long read. I'm I'm literally only halfway through it because it (laughs) is that long. But it starts off with some quotes from Charles Lamb in how how working at the East India Trading Company in London, like they, they basically mirror our own you know, working in office feelings. It's like things right. have never, never changed. <laughs> it's like it's, it's really good. So uh, I highly recommend checking that one out. If you want a long read and hear about the history of the office and how it came to be and where it's at now. It's, it's cool. funny. Cause this one guy that they quote as uh, complaining about it way back then says uh, to breathe the air of four pent walls without relief day after day, all the golden hours of the day between 10 and four, you only had to work between 10 and four. I guess (laughs) that doesn't sound so bad. I'd love to have those work hours. Yeah, that's not too bad at all. But uh, I mean, this was back then. I'm guessing the the working conditions were not as good. There there is a part where they talk about how people uh, you had to sign in every 15 minutes to show that you were there. (laughs) It's it's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Now we've always heard that uh, nobody can hear you scream in space. It's yes. a fine line in science fiction, and it's it's true. You can't hear somebody scream in space, but there is sound in space, and NASA has done something pretty cool. Sound exists in the form of electromagnetic vibrations that pulsate in similar wavelengths, and NASA has designed some special instruments that could record those vibrations and transfer them into sounds that our ears could hear. So, And then they've pointed them at stuff in our solar system, and you can <laughs> actually hear all the planets, and you can hear the sun, and you can hear the moon, and it's pretty damn cool. I like the sounds. A lot of them are really soothing. No, I should make a remix. Yeah, since with all that I, time I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should be open source. NASA, right? They should be ours. Oh yeah, we pay for NASA. That's that's, uh, that's free to go, so people can use them. I, I expect to hear them in uh, some soundtracks. Basically, sounds like 
Trent Reznor solo stuff. I was going to say Trent Reznor is already doing it, so he doesn't need them. <laughs> yep. So link is in the show notes. Give it a listen. It's pretty cool. Uh, but speaking of chilling sounds, mm-hmm. OpenAI introduces Jutebox, a new AI model that generates genre-specific music with lyrics. Well, mm-hmm. I went and took a peek, had a listen, and uh, the the rock slash Elvis version was... <laughs> I listened to that one. <laughs> that's the first one I listened to. It's the only one I listened to. But what a weird ass thing it was. I can... It's, it's not going to be at the top of the charts anytime soon, but... No, was it no, no. Uh, the lyrics are definitely, you know, I, I would say peak uh, acid taking... Uh, Beatles period, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, the music itself, not so bad. I mean, it's a step better than, say, you know, garage band presets for, for different things, <laughs> but uh, not too much better. So I wouldn't be too worried if I were a musician yet. Yeah, de- definitely not. Definitely not. But uh, there's a link in the show notes to it. Go, you, go check out the Elvis one. The, the lyrics are just like, wait, <laughs> what? Where did this come from? Security? Ha! We're joined again this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast. Dave is also co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. Welcome, Dave. Hello. Do you – we did this happy hour last Saturday. Yes. And I was on for about two hours. Yes. Brian, you were on for – just a little bit less than me. I think you pulled yes. the ripcord a few minutes before I did. I, I saw which and, way the winds were blowing. Yes, and I <laughs> and I think I used that as my cue, nay, my excuse to uh, <laughs> to leave myself as things were rapidly. We were on a downhill trajectory. Right? Mm. Oh um, yes, and, and it, Jason, it went downhill for an additional three hours. Apparently, well, that was my question. You went for another two hours after that. Yeah, we, we, it was four hours total. I was going to pull the ripcord at three, and then people are like, <laughs> no, we're having fun, and like because we had pulled in audience members and listeners at that point. Okay. And we had, we had a bunch of cool guys out there, and everybody was chatting, and uh, they're like, can you at least just leave it on if you got to leave? I'm like, I'm sure. And then oh. I got the well, dogs, that's... brought the dogs in, and then we started oh. back up, and then it got to the point where it's like, guys, no, no more. <laughs> just no, drooling no. over each other. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, that's good. I, I mean, that, well, that's great then. I, I that's uh, it sounds like fun. Um, I can't say I would have had it in me to go another two hours, but I'm glad people <laughs> enjoyed it, uh, and I, I was glad to be part of it too. It was a good time. Yeah, I think we'll do it again next weekend. I don't know. We'll figure yeah, it out. No, not this weekend. Not no. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 But thanks for showing up, Dave. It was definitely fun, and I've got uh, I have some very Fauci esque screenshots of you. <laughs> Just, of me, <laughs> it, or it's actually more like Picard. You know, it's the Fauci Picard look. It's just like, oh god, why are they doing <laughs> right, this? Right, right, right. <laughs> you were definitely uh, the very sad father. <laughs> like, why are these people well, saying these things? <laughs> we all have our roles to play, and uh, I was happy to play mine. Yes, so. yes. So we're starting a few minutes late today because I had to go rescue my roommate out in the streets of Los Angeles because her she didn't follow my instructions and charge up her battery and had mm. to get a prescription. And uh, on my way over there, I noticed that it looked like business as usual everywhere. Really, Parking really? lots were full. Traffic was up. There was street construction. It looked like a normal pre-C-19 day. And I'm I, like, I, what I don't mind the, the street construction because if not, <laughs> has there not ever been a better time for there to be construction on streets? 
Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah, I'm down yes. for that. But so. it's just like, what's going on out here? Last time I was out, it was just dead. But today it's like parking lots were full. Uh, people were everywhere. People were walking and running on the streets. And I've, I've found in yeah. general, just through my bike rides and little bits of things that I do here and there, even just driving for sanity, that Friday, Saturday, Sundays have ramped up. People do their errands mm. or what they need to do those days. So uh, I wouldn't read too much into it. When we see things busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, we're not out of isolation yet, then I'll be concerned. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I didn't see anybody doing anything wrong. I was just surprised at how many people were out because I thought everybody right. was still doing the online ordering. Or it could have just been everybody from Instacart and Postmates. Could be. Which is also possible. <laughs> it's an army. It is. Yeah, my is. Uh, my house is right near a park. There's a, sort of a lake and a pathway that goes around it. So I take my dog out there and I walk along the pathway and uh, – Hunt for turtles? Hunt for turtles, yeah, and uh, we have uh, snapping turtles the size of VW beetles in the lake, <laughs> and um, it uh, it's definitely busier than it usually is. It's particularly right after work, that five o'clock, six o'clock hour, but also on the weekends. And um, I think it's partly because a lot of the other parks have been closed. A lot of the state and county parks are shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still go in them, but you can't park at them. You know, if, right. you, if you walk in, they're not going to kick you out, but they're discouraging groups of people to come in. So as a result of that, I think a lot of the traffic has shifted to some of the other parks, um, which would be fine if it weren't my backyard. So <laughs> <laughs> get off, get off my lawn. Even guess I can't yeah. complain. My my lawn is a is a park, but uh, I've definitely noticed the increase in traffic. Um, it's one, it's one of the arguments that was made here for opening up all the beaches um, because we had everybody packed into Orange County beaches last weekend, and the the argument was, well, if we opened them all up, they wouldn't be so crowded. But um, that's not true. So, no, that's not true. No matter how much beach live. we open up, there's enough people here to fill them up. So, mm-hmm. they, so mm-hmm. the uh, governor made a wise decision to shut all the beaches down finally. So, unless you're in Venice and have a city council position, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. What, what do you suppose? Uh, well, let's come at this in two two uh, waves. Do you suppose that we're going? Speaking of waves, do you think we're going to have a second wave? Of infections? My guess would be yes. That's that's what happened with other similar um, – that's what happened with SARS. That's what happened with MERS. Uh, this is not terribly different. It's from the same sort of school of uh, viruses. So that's that's the theory and I, I'm, I don't believe that any of our public policies are doing anything to not make that happen. If anything, we're encouraging it. And do you think it, if, if and when that second wave comes, that'll be – Perhaps something that knocks sense into people to say, stop going to the beach. Like, let's really ride it out this time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't Not believe that all. for a second. In fact, I think, you know, people that have been doing this half-assed for a while are already sick of it. Uh, I've saw a lot of jokes about, you know, even even Jesus could only handle 40 days out in the desert. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> You know, I think I think we're we are we are hitting a point now for those of us that have been doing it correctly, where where people are starting to get antsy and 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 
can't really handle it anymore. We're not we're not meant to be in isolation like this. That's that's why it's a punishment in prisons. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not good for us. It's it's not even good for us if we're completely alone. Uh, you know, it's it's you're not meant to be around the same people trapped in a space for so so long a period of time. Uh, people are mm-hmm. getting antsy, which is unfortunate. But you know, there are ways to get out of the house and scratch that itch responsibly. And as long as people are staying responsible about it, that's fine. But uh, you know, people aren't and. And that's going to cause a second wave. And, you know, I think um, as uh, it's a small, but it's a small, stupid, but very vocal minority that's clamoring for let me get my haircuts right now. Uh, I think if we go for a second lockdown, there's going to be a lot more people that mm. are not are not up to the task. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Just my opinion. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I can't remember if we mentioned it here or not, but one thing I've wondered about is at what point do we have to worry about things like looting? That, that combination of, uh, of unrest and uh, financial desperation. Um, uh, when, when does that, will, will we hit that point and what is the, what are the things that trigger that? September is what I'm guessing. Two things that are going to trigger that, that one might be earlier supply chains uh, breaking down and not being fixed. Um, you know, mm. we're, we're expecting meat shortages at some some places shortly, uh, regardless of what executive orders are administered. Um, there's that uh, when people can't start getting things that they need to survive and it becomes a difficulty. That's not going to be good. Um, and I do think if we're ordered into a second lockdown, that's not going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder which is worse if you... Um if you maintain a lockdown or if you release a lockdown and then put it back, I would imagine the second is worse because you're, then you're taking away, you're giving people hope and taking it away. Yeah. I mean, my, the real concern is if, if, <laughs> cause we're not, uh, the, a second wave wouldn't be until the second wave of when we usually get flu season, which, you know, is what uh, October, November, December. Um, mm. And if, if numbers haven't come down enough and we haven't hit all the various goals, even the, the most stringent states like California have outlaid before we let down on lockdown. If we haven't hit that throughout the summer and into the fall, I I don't know what's going to happen, man. <laughs> I, I can't imagine people staying. You know, if it's that bad of a disease that we can't loosen restrictions throughout the rest of the year, we've got some mm-hmm. real problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how are you guys doing this week? How, how's the week been? Been fantastic for me, but Brian, not so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was. It's been better than last week um, in terms of my mood. Uh, it's been difficult just because my wife has been really busy and and my son's been a little bit off this week, so that's all kind of been on me to deal with, mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to do work that I needed and wanted to do because work is what keeps you sane. It's the break from the monotony of everything else. So that's been a bit rough, but I, I've got the weekend ahead of me when my wife takes her foot off the gas and that I've just kind of shifted to that's when basically I'll work a full day to make up for the hours and get what I need done and get a little sanity. So mm-hmm. it's better this week than last. Um, you know, there's been some encouraging news about potential vaccines and development and things of that nature. But, um, you know, and, and switching, you know, this, today's the first day of May. We're supposed to be out of here in 14 days. <laughs> uh, but I know that the announcement, the two more weeks announcement is coming. So, <laughs> yeah. No, not here in L.A. Garcetti just said we're on path for the 15th. So, yeah, well, he's got two weeks to change his mind about that because I've seen the numbers. <laughs> They're not getting any better. <laughs> hmm. How about you, Jason? 
what was the question again? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Pandemic brain. No, things are going good here. I, you know, cut back on my drinking, started a new company, been doing lots of phone calls and prepping and ordering gear and stuff like that. So I've been pretty much uh, rocking and rolling over here. So oh, that's good. Yeah. To the whole point, it's like, you know, yeah, I don't have Brian's situation because I don't have a kid. So I can keep working and keep just busting my ass to. We turn the TV off in the house and we turn the music on and no news. So right. no no news is good news from Gary Gnu. <laughs> great space coaster. <laughs> you know, uh, I was talking to Ben Yellen earlier this week. We were recording the Caveat podcast and, and this I think just this week he was able to send his kids back to daycare. Um, because his wife is considered an essential worker. I think she works in healthcare. And so the state is providing, you know, limited opportunities for daycare for people in that situation. Mm-hmm. Do they have and to spray was, the kid with Lysol when they come home? Or how does that, that prob- work? Yeah, probably. You know, they put him in a big, uh, I don't know, a big chamber and just set off a Lysol <laughs> bomb or something. But I mean, kind of like, you know, uh, was, kid- it to the, was it, what was it the Three Mile Island movie? Uh, do you remember that one back from China the 70s? Syndrome? The China, China Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I remember in the China syndrome because I, <laughs> I was a kid and I saw the scene where they were hosing everybody down and decontaminating them. And it, I'm like, that's what working in a nuclear power plant is like. That just looks bad, Mom. Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've actually been in one of those clean rooms. I was in uh, right after 9/11 when there was all that concern about. Um, I guess it was smallpox. Is that what it was? Yeah, there was anthrax. About smallpox. Anthrax. Well, but, but it was anthrax, but also smallpox. So they were oh. they were ramping up uh, smallpox vaccine production. And there was a facility in Baltimore that they'd converted to be able to do that. And it, it didn't end up going anywhere because the 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 the, um, the threat never really developed. But Imagine that a some... government that prepared for a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they threw a lot of money at this and got it up to speed quickly. But what I remember is going in this room and it was this crazy clean room where the air exchanged in the entire room like once a minute or something. So well, that had like to be the... fun. Uh, well, the floor was a grid and the ceiling was a grid. And so you could just feel the, the, all the air just coming up through the floor, out through the ceiling. And it was, it was a little bit disconcerting to, it just threw you off to this feeling that how quickly all the air in the room was just being pumped through and scrubbed really, really fast. You could have used Marilyn Monroe in that room. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, Ben Yellen was saying how, uh, just like he got more done in the last, in the, the last 48 hours than he had in the previous month but when his kids were home with him because he can finally focus yeah. you know and it, like, he's got it's hard yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah. almost impossible like uh, the only way any of us can get anything done is if we take over the the bedroom slash office now and lock the door and, and leave the other parent out to the wolves um because mm-hmm. if you try to work out out with the kid you know they're they're freaked out and whether they know why or not and it's it's constant you know constant help me play with me what are you doing? I'm going to sit on your lap while you work. Well, <laughs> that's not going to work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that's another component of this is when when can the schools open up again? Because, huh. well, we have this- word from my school, um, which is following, I think, basically, you know, our governor and, and our mayors have their policies. So for us, 
the school will not open until I think it's part of phase two that they're talking about here. So the numbers have to have been going down for at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and every parent and child will need testing before they're allowed to reopen. Wow. So it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm not looking forward to the test when it comes because I don't like my brain poked with Q-tips. <laughs> and you think, yeah, I, I, well, I was, you know, I say that as a joke and, and it's one thing for me, but can you imagine 30 to 43 and a half to four year olds having to take this test? No. And it's going to be pretty traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Trump traumatic is the right word for it. So I, huh. I hear that they're working on blood tests that may, you know, may actually replace it um, with slightly less accuracy, but we'll see. And we do yeah. have free testing here in Los Angeles now, so you can make an appointment and go at uh, your leisure. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. One of our neighbors did Not it quite at your leisure. Uh, I've heard. Well, <laughs> we've looked at the website. Uh, it ain't right. supporting the traffic very well. And <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Uh, she made an appointment for one thirty, and they said get there early. So she got there at 1, and she had to drive around till 3 o'clock until she got her test. And she's like, make sure you fill up your gas tank. And I'm just thinking, what if you got to pee? <laughs> or the other? Mm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. do you lose your, your spot in line? You know, who knows? But yeah, it took hmm. her two and a half hours and she got her test. But yeah, fill up before you go. Yeah. At least your battery will be charged, unlike my roommates who just died. <laughs> By the yeah, way, there's that, a lot of that. <laughs> you know, you got to have that uh, lithium battery in your car that just pops it right up. Used mine twice before I got a new battery and it worked great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have one of those actually. My my previous car had a, a in in the the in the end of its days, it was having some uh, electrical issues. So it was a little insurance policy. Uh, have one of those beefy battery bricks in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the new one yourself. is tiny though. I mean, the one that is I that just right? bought is super tiny. I mean, it's like a super powered lithium ion, like you would charge your cell phone with. It's even got USB, and you charge it over USB. It was, okay. It's got two plugs. You you put in the you know the clip, the alligator clips for the battery. You right. go in, you press a button, boom, car starts. Take it off. You can get like three three zaps out of it before it dies. But if you've got huh. if you've got one of those batteries in your car and you haven't used it for a while, go top it up. Make sure yeah. it's uh, make sure it's juiced up because with well, you don't not for you because you drive every day because you're crazy man. Yes. But your neighbors <laughs> and your family who haven't run their car for a while might need it. So it's good to have around as uh, being a, just a good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. I, I was thinking I have to go buy gas today on my way home, and it's been a few weeks since I've had since I've had to buy gas because I'm not going anywhere. And <laughs> you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised at the prices, though. I yes, know. You will. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a bigger tank. I could just. I know. Just fill it up. But, I uh, topped off my tank on March 14th or March. Uh, actually, no, like March 11th. And when I was going to go save my roommate today, I looked down at my gas tank and I am still over three quarters of a tank. Yeah, both, so, uh, both our cars are pretty full. <laughs> we yeah. don't even, we, if I wanted to buy gas, I'd, I'd end up like with $2 worth. Such a wasted opportunity. I Damn know, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, uh, any security stories you guys wanted to talk about this week or, uh, or not? I guess I'm happy run, either way. <laughs> run through a couple really quickly. Yeah, just, let's just okay. run through these. Cause I got, at least Some I have a, I have a follow up at the end. So we got to right. have that one in. All right. Well, we're three weeks into Quibi and they've got their first privacy scandal. This is not anything, uh, we're not aware of or, or just for them, uh, a study by Zach Edwards has looked at sign up workflows and emails from Quibi, JetBlue and other companies. 
Uh, and there's a lot of data being linked to advertisers because of bad coding and weak encoding of personal data. And uh, many companies not requesting advertisers to scrub the data obtained by these means. Uh, Quibi is one of the most e egregious offenders, according to the company. Um, and even though they only launched a couple of weeks ago, they've uh, basically found out that all user confirmed email addresses to advertisers and analytics companies have been leaked. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Good times. Good I times. guess so. I had to sign up for three with three different emails because their sign up process was so crappy. So all three of those emails are out there. But am I surprised? Do I care? No. <laughs> this, yep. is, this is par for the course, man. <laughs> Business as usual, unfortunately. Uh, you know, one does wonder what does GDPR bring down the hammer on these companies when this happens, or is this just ignored? Oh, well, uh, funny you should mention that because mm -hmm. just this week there was a report about. Uh, Basically, how disappointed many folks are with the lack of enforcement in GDPR. Yeah. Um, I think Google is really the only company that's had anything come down on them. It was like a $50 million fine, which is a tiny percentage of the money they make in a single day. Um, so uh, there's, there's a push to have more people, basically more resources uh, put onto enforcement of GDPR so that it can actually follow through on the things that uh, it, it promises to do. Maybe they could hire Google to be the internet police. Hmm. Internet <laughs> yeah, police is a good. service. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd need an oversight committee. <laughs> right. We'll hire Microsoft for that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then we'll hire mm -hmm. Amazon to oversight the oversight for Microsoft. And yeah, Facebook, Facebook can keep could an do eye the on billing. All. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And Apple will just be in the back, just doing whatever Apple does. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. They'll they'll be Apple will be playing the same part that I did in last week's happy hour. They'll just be sitting there, <laughs> sitting there, their head. shaking. Their head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, let's um, see what else we got. Facebook. Let's talk about is, these uh, contact tracing apps. All right. This let's, is let's skip the WhatsApp stuff because it's kind of boring. Anyways. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're getting our Apple and Google contact tracing tool, even though we've uh, got a lot of reports that there are better ones that don't that are less uh, privacy invasive. Um, but you know, they did as good a job as they could, I suppose. And mm -hmm. it's rolling out. So now what? <laughs> well, sorry, it's rolling out to developers right now. But I think the biggest issue isn't so much the Apple and Google one because we thought that that was going to be the the magic bullet. You know, it's built into every phone that everybody's got. Well, at least everybody with a smartphone which is only 82% of U U.S. adults. They don't even talk mm. about the kids, though. But um, the thing mm. is, there are so many contact tracing apps coming out right now. Like, was it uh, the U.N. just launched one that didn't even work? You couldn't even launch it? Uh, there's mm. just there, it's, a, it's a bifurcated system, and it's just going to screw everything up. It's just like... Unless they share their data, and what are the rules about that? And yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. This the, is, yeah. again, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the autonomous car thing. It's got to be all or nothing. It's one one ring to rule them all. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was so down with Apple and Google because it's like, yeah, you know, you got you got Frodo and Bilbo and all the other baggins going on together, but at least they're going on the quest for the ring together. <laughs> so one uh, one ping to rule them all. <laughs> oh, dad joke, bad. <laughs> Are you kidding this me? Is my turn, it's title. my turn to shake my head. <laughs> that's a show title. There's I, your show title, Bucko. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. So I'm just worried. I'm just worried that uh, th these aren't going to work. And also, there's an article over at Ars Technica that says half of Amer half Americans right now, when they polled them, will not trust contact contact tracing apps. Well, yeah, so, that's not surprising. Yeah, you want an app on your phone that hasn't doesn't have the absolute best security possible that's tracking every single move that you make. And re oh wait, we have that already. 
It's for advertising, though. Yeah. It wasn't the, uh, didn't the Apple one have to, the phone has to be on for it to work? Like it has to be unlocked or something? Wasn't there something with that? I, I admit I haven't been tracking them closely. Uh, they were using that, uh, I, I don't know that about the Apple and Google one specifically, but the South Korean thing that they were doing for people that were repeat offenders were getting around it by just leaving their phones at home. Ah, so, okay. I mean, there's going to be ways to get around this, right? It has to be opt-in and take it seriously um, and right. trust them. And, <laughs> we, put an and we have to have enough, everyone. you know, we have, <laughs> we have to reach Facebook critical mass with the amount of people using it. So unless mm-hmm. all those things line up together, there's almost no point. Yeah, the the stuff I read this week said that um, at sixty percent, you're still it's still useful. It's not ideal, but you, it's still better than not having it. That I think that's the kind of the break point there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't I have no no idea how close we are or close we can expect to get to that. Unfortunately, according to the study, it says fifty seven percent expressed a reasonable amount of trust. So, well, there you go. We're three percent off. Of- <laughs> we were so close, so yeah, close, so close, but missed it by that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. That is what it is. It's like yeah, we, we're going to try, but maybe for round two. I think that maybe things will come together for round two. You know, it's like mm. the first Zoom call. It never goes the way you plan. So the first <laughs> contact tracing run doesn't work the way you plan. So maybe the second one will go. You know, right. a little better. Yeah, the first then, meetup goes four yeah. hours. The second one will only go one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, still, I don't even know how I really – I'm somebody relatively knowledgeable about this stuff, and I don't really know how I feel about the idea of having a contact tracing app on my phone. Like, I I, I kind of feel about it, this, especially having gone through these 40 days and 40 nights plus of, of isolation and, and being – disappointed at the results you know california did not did not flatten the curve too much um we're still seeing increasing numbers of infections even though we're all doing this and of course you look around and you see people breaking the rules left right and center going to beaches i almost feel the same way put it would i put this app on my phone well i i would if i knew it would do some good i would if i knew my other people all around me would play by the rules and and install the app as well. Uh, I would if I knew there was privacy, but these are all coming from companies that I really don't trust for privacy. Uh, it's a complicated set of emotions I have about the idea of this. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about the time Apple put that U2 song on all of our phones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what I'd give to have that back instead of being in this situation. I'm sorry, you two. I'll listen to your shitty album. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so I want to close out this week on something fun because I, I actually moved this from another section of the show because there's there's a very specific thing in here. And I, I want to get Dave's take on this because I believe, I do believe that Dave has been moonlighting as a, uh, as a YouTuber. Because I found this video called The History of the McRib, and I started listening to it, and uh, just take a little listen. Very few fast food culinary creations have quite the lore around them as McDonald's The McRib. So I started listening to that. I'm like, (laughs) Dave, do you want to tell us something? That's not me. Sounds damn close. That's close. Uh, Maybe they're using uh, yeah. that that uh, the uh, voice recreation pattern thing that we've been talking about a couple a couple months <laughs> oh, back. <yeah. laughs> Maybe they fed all yeah. your podcasts into it and uh, up the bass a little bit. Huh? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I see the, the resemblance for sure, but no, definitely not me. Okay, but now now here's the fun part, because I wanted to yeah. get your take on this, too, because Brian okay. has never had a McRib in his life, but nope. uh, oh. have you? I have. I loved the McRib, I have to say. <laughs> okay. There are fanatics out there, I, I've, I've been told. Yeah, Came out when I was 10 years old, and to a 10-year-old palate, it was fucking amazing. It was amazing. Let's be honest for a second, Jason. Not just not just ten year olds use palette. Also current use palette. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so no, 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 no. Right. I, I, the guy who eats sweet tarts for dinner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I have I have a very distinctive, diverse palate. I I, I can taste different. Hey, things, look. But- these days, anything goes. I, I'm not passing judgment on any any culinary decisions you make. Right. I mean, it's it's all good if it makes you feel better. Have at it, man. Well, I did. I did do elevated chef boyardee, and it didn't work. So I will. I will. <laughs> I will stick by that. Um, okay. Yeah, that did, definitely did not work. I don't. There is no way in hell that you can elevate chef boyardee. That's I figured mm. that out. That is mm. science right there. I'm just telling you. Okay. But Fair uh, enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah. As I grew, I went finally and got a McRib like on their farewell tour, and it was just god awful. And just because I, I missed it, I wanted to try it and remember that from my youth. It's like watching Airplane again after 20 years and you remember it as this great movie and you watch it and it's just like, what is that piece of garbage? But mm. the McRib was the same. So what what, what was your history with the McRib, Dave? Uh, I believe I have only had one McRib and I tried it. It was definitely in my adult years. So oh. I'd say I was probably in my 30s. And I think I, I think I tried it right around when the McRib started to gain attention because somebody figured out that the appearance of the McRib somehow uh, coordinated with the price of pork. Like yes. pork <laughs> prices got down low enough, then McDonald's started cranking out McRibs. Yep, that is actually covered in the the video, which makes me think it still might be you now because that was some very inside in- info <laughs> oh, there. God, it's I actually it was just a- <laughs> it's, it's just pork like kind of formed into the shape of riblets, right? They're not actually yes, even ribs, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's, right. it's the it same is, technique. It- yeah, it's the same technique that they use for chicken McNuggets, and they go through all of the history of the science and the scientists that actually did it in the video. So I do yeah. recommend watching the video. It's kind of fascinating, but it's like the food version of the Play-Doh Fuzzy Pumper Barbershop. Basically, yep. so all this yeah. Stuff gets I'll made. tell you what, Jason. I've got a I've got a butcher box delivery coming today uh, with some extra pork in it that we added. So I'm going to do an elevated McRib. I'm going to use the uh, heritage pork from Butcher Box and form it into the shape of ribs and put some barbecue sauce on it and call it a day. Okay, you got to have the white onions and pickles though. That's part oh, of it. I can do on that. the French roll. Those. Okay. Yeah, I, my my recollection of of the McRib experience was I just was like okay, like <laughs> I, I I like it's okay. This is fine. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, didn't see what the big deal was about it. It was flavorful. It was fine. Uh, didn't seem like you know how like McDonald's French fries. I can get. Uh, a craving for and they they have that that element to them that they are they are delicious and they are different from any anyone else's things the mcrib to me felt like a, a a pressed meat object that i could get just about anywhere you know like there wasn't anything didn't didn't make me go oh mcdonald's didn't make me there wasn't anything outstanding about it it just seemed sort of beige to me <laughs> beige sounds delicious 
It was delicious <laughs> if you were into beige. It's a Midwest thing, really. I mean, they they say that it was very specific to the Midwest of the people that really picked it up because we didn't really have great food out there. But huh. I had it. I mean, I had it all the time because I lived right near Oak Brook, Illinois, which is the headquarters of McDonald's. So we got it in the local stores a lot sooner, and it stayed a lot longer. Because oh, they had okay. to get rid of all the other ones that they couldn't sell, so we had all the back stock. And there you go, folks. The latest security segment, 15 minutes on the McRib. <laughs> Still not not me doing the voiceover. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, are we good? No. <laughs> are we done? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I suppose that's all we can ask for these days. Uh, all right. Well, stay safe. Try to stay sane. I will. I'll do the same, and I'll see you guys back here uh, next week. Same, same bat time, same bat channel. Excellent. Closing shout outs. Well, don't really have any shout outs because nobody's really gone anywhere this week. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing to shout uh, out about. <laughs> well, I got a little shout out. You can go check out the masks. Finally, they're in the store. Uh, just go to gog.show/shop. That is our threadless shop, and we'll be putting in more swag as soon as I can find it on the old hard drives, the stuff that we designed years ago and never put up. Yep, we'll, and, we'll actually have some merch now. It's funny, I actually reposted the the mask post that I made on social media, and one of my friends was like, it too, Brian? And I was like, hey, everybody else is doing it. Why can't we? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Come on, man. It's, uh, it's, it's the thing to do. It's what the cool kids are doing. If Disney can do it, we can do it, damn it. That's right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schellmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. And if you don't have it right now, save it. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 436. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. Wearing a Grumpy Old Geeks mask. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.